0: Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. So this week's podcasting guest is
1: someone who is going to share all he knows about mind, body and health. Judd Murray, founder and managing director of Cognisize Foundation, will share how to be more functional as a human being, how to be less stressed and how to ha- help improve our physical and mental health. With over 30 years of experience in core product design and treating people of all ages, Judd has a focus on the preventative rather than the reactive way to maintaining good health and well-being. Judd is with us today to share some of his learnings along the way. I've come to know Judd over the last, uh, I guess, throughout 2020. I mean, Judd's been a, an integral uh feature of a, a series we've been running with business owners all over Australia and various parts of the world. And, it, and it's always dawned on me how um, cool, calm and collected Judd is. But in fairness, he is the father of seven children, the eldest being 28 and the youngest 13. So if there's anything we can learn from Judd is not only his um, subject matter expertise as to maintaining good health and well-being, but what it takes to be stress-free and in love with a thing called life and have seven children and they totally adore him and he adores them. So, Judd, welcome and, and good afternoon. Thank
2: you, Steve. How are you? Happy to be here. Yeah, terrific. Thank you.
1: Feeling great. It's been, inter- it's been an interesting year. But before we get there, what has been your biggest roadblock in business or life and how did you overcome it, Judd?
2: Hmm. Okay. So I'd probably say a um, pretty standard statement a, re- a response is time and resources, really, for me. And uh, how did I overcome it? I haven't really. So I changed my expectations. <laughs> so I, I tend to shoot pretty high and I tend to uh, embrace uh, many things, have a lot of balls in the air, and uh, I expect that I won't catch all of them. So, and I don't, uh, as I say, sweat the, the small things. So I do what I can and have an impact where I can. But, um, yeah, I've also come to realise that sometimes a lot of the positive and the impact that I, I have, I don't always recognise till later. So, I tend to be a bit patient with myself and uh, not get too stressed about what's obvious.
1: So being patient with yourself, how, how could that be a, uh, a roadblock?
2: No, that's not a roadblock. So the roadblock is... No, I know. Um, yeah, so the roadblock is tending to allow myself to become time-fixated, uh, giving myself a lot of deadlines that are probably a little unrealistic um, I suppose overstretching myself with, um, you know, a sort of uh, without the resources that I've, I need to actually complete the task. So I tend to take on more, which is a fairly common statement I hear in clinic. Um, so yes, yeah, so I suppose I learn um, as I'm going, but I tend to, uh, I suppose, struggle and then overcome, struggle and then overcome, and I think that's pretty human.
1: Uh, good on you, mate. So let's go back to the beginning. I mean, 30 years ago, where did your passion for mind, body, and health stem from? And, what, and then what led you to start the Cognosyne Foundation?
2: So when I was younger, um, I was very much uh, into physical strength and, um, and activity. i done martial arts since I was you know, in uh, single digits. And I really enjoyed, um, I suppose, the depth that um, led me to think about. Um, I really enjoyed how that affected my mind um, philosophically. And at the same time, I had people around me that were very close to me that were struggling with, um, well, humanity really. Uh, So I really found uh, a sense of peace and a sense of um, strength and flow for me personally in the face of their struggle um, through my activity and through mindful practice. So it became something natural. And as I grew, it became a desire for me to pass on these things to others. Um, so I went through numerous courses, did 16 years of uni, until finally I felt equipped enough to uh, get out there and start uh, empowering others. So I, I've been working in clinic for 32 years. And honestly, I feel like I've seen the same client over and over and over and over and over. So it led me to develop a, a system called cognicize, which is cognition and exercise, and I found through integrating mind and body together, I could uh, more fully empower an individual to, I suppose, uh, utilise the resources that were naturally given. So it was something that basically uh, sort of grew gradually um, and started all the way back from my infancy, really.
1: And uh, for those listening who don't know you, can you give us a snapshot of you and what a day in your life looks like today?
2: So I'm fairly ritualistic. Uh, I get up pretty much the same time most mornings. It's around the 6 mark. I tend to start training either myself or others uh, around 6.30. I have a ritualised process that I train um, and then I I suppose I get the kids' breakfast ready and then I start to converse with them. And through my day I do a lot of computer work plus I do a lot of clinical work, a lot of uh, phone work. So I'm pretty much going the whole day, talking uh, fairly often. Um, I'm pretty careful with my food, so I've got a fairly regimented um, nutritional plan that I I run through. And I suppose um, this goes all the way until I'm told to stop. (laughs) So often in the... I don't watch much telly, um, although uh, my kids and my wife love it when I do sit down with them to watch. Um, And, yes, I try and say to myself, go to bed the same day I get up. So that's one of my little... My little laws. so yeah my day's pretty busy but I I put my head on the pillow and I'll go on in two seconds
1: so Man, yeah. and again ritualistic I love that uh, I love that reference and i and you know we, we run the, uh, the the great Australian stories podcast uh, for many years we've been running it and and it's rare a time where I meet someone or, or, or we're in a an interview where it's you know I'm totally spontaneous and you know free-for-all and I'm so successful I I've got no idea how it happened <laughs> you know, so rituals rituals for all of us. I mean, I'm, I'm a 5.30 – well, no, I'm a 530 start training sort of guy. But um, if I don't get it out of the way in the morning, I just don't get a chance to do it later on in the day. And um, like you, I guess, you know, you get to the end of the day and if you can get some time with the family, and you should, of course, um, that that's that's priceless and therefore I'd rather do the personal stuff early and uh, no, I, leave the I mean, evening stuff in the family.
2: I think that's cool. I mean, one of the things I learned when I was younger was um, to include my kids in my life, in my day, not saying that you're not, but I, I learned very young that I'd run out of time if I kept waiting for personal time. Uh, with seven kids, it was, you know, it's been a busy house, plus, you know, hanger honors. So in the end, if, if I'm meditating or I'm stretching or I'm you know, doing weights or whatever I'm doing, I tend to do it in and amongst the kids. So, which has been really good. Um, I, I knew it was a good theory, but in practice it's been uh, brilliant. So they've so grown up. Tell me more about that.
1: Tell me more about that because that, I think, you know, there'll be plenty that are listening right now thinking, "Geez, you know, if I'm not doing it in the morning or if I'm not doing it at night, I'm no. never going to get around to doing it. So what does is, what is doing it amongst the kids actually mean?
2: Well, life's like a vacuum. If you, if you create a space, it gets filled. So generally I realise that young um, and I would sit I'll give you a practical example. Uh, In the morning, I would um, get myself up and I'd go down to my space before I start thinking too much about what needs to be done and I'd go through my little warm-up routine. Now, invariably, I'll have one or two kids coming down and doing it with me Um, because they've grown up seeing me do it and they recognise that it actually helps make me a more productive and balanced person. So they want a piece of it. Um, I don't have to ask them. I don't have to tell them to, to, to do anything. They basically just join in if I'm watching telly with them, I tend to sit out of the chair and I sit on the floor and I have a bit of a stretch while I'm doing it. So it, it becomes part of my day. Um, if I'm sitting with the kids listening to, you know, one of their songs or one of their stories, I'll still be conscious at that time on posture and this and that, and they recognise that. So it's become something that we bounce off each other. If I go for a walk with the dogs, the kids want to come. One, they can talk to me, but two, we actually make it a bit of a fun exercise. So... It, it's a very inclusive process, and and helps me become more efficient with my time. We we work with
1: um, we work with entrepreneurs and business owners, and, and we are you know we, we we sort of get into that into that space where we're really busy, and um, it's an all or nothing mentality, Judd. And you know what I'm talking about. You work with entrepreneurs and business owners yourself in the uh, in your private space, and. And so what you just shared there as it relates to, hey, get, get engagement, get, get your family involved, get them, you know, make, make, it, a, make it a fun and ritual, um, um, I guess, approach as it relates to working on your personal health.
2: Well, and, even, uh, even, even more, Steph, it's, it's fantastic because the way you're sitting right now is vital. The way, you know, the amount of fluid that you drink is, is, is vital The way that you actually listen is vital. We are the product of all the little things that we do most. In the end, it's the one percenters that create the difference for us. So I recognise that as a young guy. It's not the big plans. It's not the big show. It's not the stand up and do my great exercise form. It's not all that rubbish. It's the way I breathe. It's the way I pause. It's the way I sit. It's all the little things added together that make the difference in a day. So I spend a lot more time focusing on those little things and building this, I suppose, uh, amount of training through daily activity rather than just, you know, a formal, you know, fifteen twenty minutes of kata or or weights training. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so no, I, I love I'm that. always moving. Yeah, always doing something.
1: And and, and I love that because um, you know you you just sort of tapped into something that I mean, haven't been a martial art sort of student for um, well since, since since the age of thirteen and had a bit of a break in my twenties. And then took it up again in the mid-30s when the boys were born and where, um, I mean, Stephen's got his black belt recently and I'm, I'm a brown-black and so is um, St- um, Harris. And, we, and, we, and I took it up for the second time to train with the kids. And it's all those little things, like the amount of students that come in and, 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 and not hang around as it relates to a dojo, a, a martial arts studio, is in the hundreds because yep. they get bored. They don't realise it's repetition and the little things oh, that yeah. create uh, the structure. And you mentioned the, yeah. the reference to carters and, and what have you. So, no, that's, well, that's this a is, this is
2: my success It's really my success in the clinic is, um, I suppose, exposing and illuminating the importance of the little, the little processes. So when a client comes in, they come in with a tennis elbow or depression or whatever they come in with. But in the end, after you've dealt with the initial issue or conversation, it's actually enlightening them as to the importance of their day-to-day rituals and movements. If they start to own that and they start to control and, and do a better job with those parts, the, the difference is massive. So.
1: And what are, what are your thoughts on, um, what are your views on, again, the recent last, well, the last three, four, five years with all the, uh, the watches and all the gadgets you know, the Fitbits and the Apple watches these days and the, uh, all those amazing um, points of reference these, as it relates to movements? Yeah. And and you know people become very, I mean we know in our business you know once you get a scoreboard up, and you make it relative and non-judgmental, but it's a scoreboard, right? We see we see our business owners' performance go through the roof, and I guess for you and what you're just sharing there, just little movements, like we my boys bought me the brand new um, um, Apple Watch recently, and mm. that measure that tells me to breathe. Yeah. It's like, but I am. But I am, Joe. I am yeah. breathing, but that's telling me to breathe. So it's yeah. obviously got some artificial intelligence suggesting I don't.
2: Well, it, it might be suggesting that you're not breathing adequately. There you or, go. Or, or, or it may have an issue. <laughs> but generally, <laughs> there's breathing and there's breathing. You know, it's, it's just because you breathe doesn't mean you're breathing efficiently. Because the breath, for example, although we don't have a long time, but the breath, for example, is the gateway to all sorts of mind-body interaction. So you can lift and you can suppress um, your enthusiasm, let's put it that way, simply by modifying your breath. So the breath is a huge, huge tool we can use, as are the way we stand, the way we sit, all these things. So people talk about you are what you eat. Well, you are what you do. And at the end of the day, if we do the right thing most of the time, then we'll be pretty good.
1: Yeah, I love that. And um, again, for any skeptics um, listening, or anyone that's overexerted in terms of their focus, just in their business or just in a specific area, and not sort of bringing the scales back in order in the other uh, in, in their in their temple, their their body, their 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 mind, their spirit. Um, I guess listen, listen, listen to this uh, podcast and reach out to Jud Murray from Cognizize and uh, have a complimentary chat. Um, I mentioned Business Benchmark Group, when you do that. Hey, um, <laughs> what has been your number one biggest learning in in business or life, and how has it helped shape you and your business, John?
2: Mm. Biggest learning, um, I suppose for myself, it's although it sounds a little bit um, manipulative, but it's learning the importance of getting the mind body communication right. That you talk about these, which is an interesting statement, and. These work on feedback. Yeah. Well, so does this. So your so,
1: point, yeah. your wristwatch, which is a Fitbit for anyone. Sorry. Who can't yeah. See yeah that. Sorry. <laughs> if
2: anyone can't see it, sorry, guys. Um, I'm I'm used to visual. Yeah. So I'm, po- I'm pointing to a little uh, Fitbit. So um, the whole point is that we work on a feedback system. So I know that if I'm you know saying uh, things which are relevant, you know, because I can hear it, also because I'm watching you, you know, I'm looking at your response. At the end of the day, I'm constantly adjusting what I do based on my environment, who I'm talking to and what it's saying to me. So at the end of the day, my biggest learning has been to listen, right, So, and to adjust appropriately. So I've learned to uh, keep my body strong and keep my mind clear and keep myself in a positive state as best as possible because that helps me become the best version of myself, which allows me to respond the best to stresses and challenges, which I know are going to come every day. There's nothing I can do to avoid the fact that there are things that are going to hit me that I can't overcome easily um, or, or ever overcome so I keep myself as strong as I can through my day-to-day rituals mind body connection so I can at least persevere because I uh, tomorrow will be sunny do you know what I mean so yeah, really my best my best learning has been the the power of the two aspects of self mind and body and using them
1: and, and, and in fairness, we're going to hear a little bit more in a moment, but in fairness, in, in being in tune with that yeah. and because it's your business also, it's helped you in your business. Yeah, the congruency factor of oh, yeah. what you preach and what you do or what yeah. you share and educate
2: yeah.
1: and solve for your clients, you must also abide to yourself.
2: Oh, yeah. If you don't live your story, there's a sense of suspicion that grows around you. I mean, at the end of the day, if you personify what you're saying, then you're halfway there, um, I, I believe. So especially when you're a, um, a therapist or working in health and education, you really need to practice what you preach. So, you know, that's very important.
1: And the way we, uh, we communicate that at Business Benchmark Group is we eat from our own cooking. Yeah. There's not yeah. one thing we would recommend in your business that we wouldn't do in our own business. That's right. That's and right. That's, um, that's the highest level of congruency. Uh, what are you most proud of in your life and what would you say is your number one legacy? at this
2: point? Jeez. <clears throat> um, I suppose I, legacy-wise, okay, I, I have a good blend of calmness and enthusiasm, I think. I, I get that right. Um, I'm a very open and confident lover of, of life. And I think my legacy-wise is, looking at my children and my friends, is my ability to influence positively. I think that's probably my my strongest attributes and legacy. Um, and I take that extremely seriously. Um, influence is an incredibly um, powerful thing and it's a, yeah, I respect it.
1: Beautiful, mate. Magnificent. If you could go back to tell your 17-year-old self three things, what would they be? Uh, <clears throat> well, that stage of your life, you know. <laughs> I know it's a long
2: time ago, mate. Do your best. <laughs> yes, Um, probably, um, I think that although this might sound very odd, um, that I don't matter as much as I thought I did. I think that would be one of the biggest things I'd say to myself. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, by turning the, the, your vision, um, towards others and using the assets and the privileges and the gifts that you've been given uh, to help support them, it ultimately uh, is the best um, reward uh, you can ever have. It, it fills me with much more gratitude and happiness than giving myself anything directly. So it sounds a little That's wanky, amazing, but it's um, incredibly true.
1: No, that, that is a beautiful answer. And, and, and you know, the uh, it, it's not a typical answer we get on that question. <laughs> and I really, um, I really appreciate your answer. Yeah, and, and it's yeah. such a. I mean, how do we teach? How do we teach our younger, uh, our younger generations? How do we reflect on our on our own journey and and realize that by helping others, you're ultimately helping yourself.
2: Yeah, I think that's well said. I think in the end, it's not about just having compassion; it's about respecting and recognizing that we are all connected, and your win is my win, and your loss is my loss. Um, and I think if we can get that more. Um, I suppose, at a, at a surface-conscious level where we're thinking about it more often rather than just periodically, we would all be much, much better off.
1: So, Judd, if you could remove all barriers and constraints, what projects would you do and why?
2: Oh, Stefan, that's a massive statement. There's so many things I want to do. All barriers and constraints, does that mean that's time and resources yet? Yeah? Uh,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, well, networks. I mean, you're network with some amazing human beings as I am and, and we have opportunities, and, you know, no barriers, no constraints.
2: Um, what would you, uh, what project would you uh, embark on? Okay, so I would do, um, again, I would do exactly what I'm planning to do right now. So I would just accelerate it. So my vision is to uh, create uh, an open platform, a curriculum, uh, a, without going into too much detail, um, I suppose uh, an instruction program for, for, for the human race. So I want to get out there, bring great minds together and help solve the uh, questions that I get asked every day. And, and I'm very excited about putting it, um, putting it out there so everyone can access it. So that's really what I'm wanting to do, grab people like yourself, people like, um, you know, Anthony Andrew that we're talking to a lot of other contacts that I've got in the medico system and create the cognizance program that I am, which is a resource that everyone just to get, uh, access to, which gives them the answers that they crave and empowers them to take those answers, apply them to their life and start taking charge and then trickling that back through empathy and through, uh, you know, community engagement. So that's exactly what I'm trying to do now. I think so. Yeah.
1: And, and we, um I mean, and, and no two ways about it. I guess you come across uh, many clients at various phases and/or stages and moments in life, and you're there as a shoulder. Occasionally, you're there as a mentor in in the space that you you show up at, and 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 you know, being the confidant is a very sacred space. Mm. So, creating a uh, a platform that that solves the uh, the challenge that. Delivers an answer to a question that ultimately gives people, um, yeah, you know, a reference point that they're never on their own. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. a big, big, big plan, man. Well done, love. That. Yeah, massive.
2: And if, if if we go back to the original question you asked me before about um, one of the questions about, and I talked about feedback, you know, one of the important things I learned. Then this platform, this Cognosize program that I'm building, is all about um, helping people become aware of the feedback, um, giving them the awareness and the confidence to control or manipulate that feedback in a positive way and then taking the power and capacity and asset they've got from that and then applying it to creating a better life for themselves and others. So, yeah, it's big.
1: Good on you, mate, and um, big, big is good. And and, and so is, um, you know, not losing your soul in the process. So I love that. So we're, we're speaking to Judd Murray from Cognizize, and uh, what's the biggest surprise you've ever had in business and or life, and why?
2: Uh, It it comes back to the same statement I made that I was going to say to my 17-year-old self that I'm not as important as I thought, and um, that's had to hit me a few times, that I thought I was very clever and I thought I had the right answers, and I thought everyone would just eat it up, but no. um, Sometimes it surprises me how much I have to... um, uh Persuade people to take what I've got. So I've been very surprised. It's so exciting for me and so obvious for me. But uh, yeah, sometimes you've actually got to uh, to really explain yourself much more than I ever thought I would have to to give people what I think that they uh, they're asking.
1: Yeah, and, uh, and I don't think there's a school set up yet that's called telepathic excellence. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> we're all we're all we're all in orbit. Judge just sort of hitting and yeah. missing each other somehow, right?
2: Well, so, it's, it's, the, it's the paradox we live in where people actually often are choosing comfort and they're choosing this sense of, uh, well, without being blunt, ignorance. Um, and all of a sudden you come along, this cocky little thing saying, you know, hey, listen, get out of your comfort zone. Here I'm going to give you some education so you're not so ignorant. Here I'm going to give you all this on a platter so you can do And they say, uh, no, thanks. Uh, uh, you do that, and dude, I've got nowhere to hide. I've got no excuses. I've got no, no thanks. You can, you can, uh, you can keep it. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, and um, look, ma- making the complex simple is a, uh, I think a, an, an ever, uh, an evergreen journey that never ends, mate.
2: Yes, it's exciting challenges. That's so, for sure. It's a beautiful
1: thing. Uh, do you have any secret routines that help you stay productive? Obviously, getting up at at six thirty. Uh, spending as much time as you can with the family <clears throat> throughout, doing the bits and pieces, but any secret routines. You know, many of our um, clients in recent weeks are reading a book called Atomic Habits, James Clear. <throat> and, uh, and he talks about some real, you know, just some real fine-tuned little activities that help people with their habits and routines. But for you, who's a routine champion, um, do you have any secret routines that help you stay productive?
2: Uh, Yes, I actually do. I have lots. So one of them is um, that when I talked about the breath, that I'm very good at um, being conscious of and controlling the breath. That uh, helps me stay in flow. And when I'm in flow, I tend to be very comfortable and I tend to be at my best. So breath is a very important part of that. Um, I'm very aware of the process of mindfulness, past, future and present. And I use that a lot when I'm um, working, creating, interacting with others to help steer me uh, to, the, to the best place. So I don't feel I'm a victim of it. So I use rituals. I use conversation with myself to help direct me to the best space um, so I can actually receive information and give you information in the best way. Um, so I have also um, meditations that I do quite regularly um, that help me uh, empty and um, still myself because things can get busy in our lives. So I have ritualised processes which uh, periodically through the day give me a reset, and I do that on purpose. And I try not to miss them um, because when I miss them, I can feel it. And not only that, but people who are close to me who love me, (laughs) they they could see it too. So, yeah, I think it's like fine-tuning. I think that uh, you do it quite regularly, and these little rituals have helped me, uh, which I like to share with others, have helped me keep myself sharp. So it's not going to keep me up. So, I mean, I mean on me. a
1: personal level, I mean,
2: yeah,
1: on, on a personal level, I mean, affirmations and journaling are, are two very big parts of my, uh, my, my, my day. Now, in saying that, um, if, if I was a skeptic and listening to this, um, this sharing here, Judd, sure. if I was a skeptic around, um, you know, mindfulness, um, <clears throat> past, future, present. And I'm sort of thinking, hang on a minute, how, how does this relate to, you know, I'm busy, I don't have time for this. I, it, you know, that, that sort of routine, I get it. I, I don't think it's for me. Um, again, we're not judgmental people, mm-hmm. but if, we, if I had a sceptic right now listening to this, mm-hmm. how could you help them in less than 30 seconds perhaps listen uh, or, or, yeah. or, or look at this from a different angle?
2: the processes that i'm talking about uh, are ins- instantaneous they're not uh, lengthy they're not in, uh, hugely involved they are learned so you become better at them but they're extremely quick and they're free <laughs> so so uh, and although i don't like to disagree with you too much we're all judgmental every single person is judgmental it's a, it's a natural thing and it's it's actually a, a skill But... At the end of the day, the idea is that we learn how to drive ourselves uh, with clarity and with conviction. And it's all about mastering uh, what we are. For example, our thoughts. I mean, we talked, I've talked to you in the past about this, fears. Uh, fears are only fears when they're conscious. Now, that sounds obvious. So it's being able to direct your consciousness um, so you can engage with or refuse to engage with that fear at the time. Uh, Little things like that can help you in public speaking. Little things like that can help you when you're um, uh, delivering. And I think things like that can help you also focus on the other person and and make you listen rather than want to talk all the time. So it's knowing how to quickly, seamlessly and confidently uh, control yourself and interact with the rest of the world. And these are what I'm talking about. And they're free and they're very quick. It's nothing mystical and expensive.
1: And, and in fairness, Joe, as you were just sharing that, I'm just thinking that for many of our uh, listeners and many of our clients and, and, and our community members of Business Benchmark Group, every one of them is leading a client. Yeah, um, exactly. Sorry, every one of them is leading a client, they're leading suppliers, they're leading team. So yeah. gaining the muscle of being in control and, yeah. and, 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 and always um, you know, being in a position where you're um, very, very balanced. Is, is only going to make you a much more attractive person to be around.
2: Oh, Stefan, it's huge because I'm, I'm not selling myself to you at the moment. I could care less about selling myself. What I am doing is delivering a conversation to you. I'm, I'm trying to express my thoughts, my beliefs. I don't allow this to be a judge sale. What I'm trying to do is just deliver an exciting content and having an exchange with you. So I don't get nervous. I don't get worried. I don't get ego vulnerable. I don't get any of those things because it's all about the conversation. And I think that's really an important thing for us all to recognise, that, like I said, my 17-year-old self, I don't matter so much. I'm just a person. I'm just a guy battling my way through. But collectively, it's our consciousness, it's our ideas, it's our ability to deliver and to, to influence. Now, that's exciting.
1: Yeah, to connect, to, uh, again, unbeknown to you, you're making a difference. It's, it's, it's beautiful work. Um, what's been your biggest failure in the last year? I mean, when you think about 2020... What has been your biggest failure? And that is a word, it's a reference point, but we all, again, it's okay to accept it. What's been your biggest failure in the last year and why do you think that happens?
2: Okay. Um, So the biggest failure is probably fairly two, the interconnected, pretty obvious ones too, the procrastination, uh, which I often disguise and uh, excuse quite easily for pondering. Uh, The other one is probably focusing a little bit too much on product and not enough on business. So, and I've recognised, of course, that it's a fine line, but if you don't create a business out of the product, uh, the product doesn't get to where it needs to get to. So this year has been quite challenging that way because of the uh, climate, because of what's been going on. And it's, it's allowed me to, in a positive way, turn to my family and turn to other things, which is good. But it's also, um, I suppose, fed my... Uh, Procrastinating tendency as well. So when things were a little bit difficult, I went the easy route and uh, you know just spent more time creating, which uh, hopefully down the track will prove to be a good thing. But at the moment, it feels like it's uh, it's not been great.
1: Yeah, you know, it's so good hearing you uh, share that and be transparent with that. And and many of us have. It, it, well, everyone's born with a dose of it, right? Everyone's born <laughs> with a dose. And then, and then occasionally you realise, shit, that's a bit more than I thought I had. <laughs> and then there's other times where you go, oh my god, that's me going off my nut on procrastination again. So, so the thing is, um, how do you, um, knowing that that is a a safety you know, it's a safety net, it's a, it's a go-to. How do you, in, in in the giggle that you just gave me, how do you actually uh, come to terms with, no, 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 that's a conversation in my head, I ain't going there? How do you, I mean, because there's plenty of us that need to hear, I guess, uh, you know, how people deal with procrastination. How do you deal with procrastination as it relates to how it holds you back?
2: Hmm. Well, it's... Again, it's just all, it all depends on what the perspective is. If I'm talking about uh, a a roadmap, a timeline to create a product, to get a a business going, to get things delivered, as I promised, um, you know, KPIs, that sort of stuff, then it becomes an issue because it slows down that process. It it makes me tardy. um, it, it, It sends me off track a little bit. But if it's about myself personally, then it's not really an issue because, and this is probably part of the underlying problem because I also enjoy it. Because I'm very um, creative, I love to uh, think and, and um, postulate and I like to you know extrapolate and carry on and ponder, as I say. So I enjoy it personally. It's not an issue, but it's when I've got deadlines. It's when others are involved or things are involved. So I recognise that we are alive and we're human and we have expectations and needs and I have a family that are depending on me. So it's really that fine balance between... Tending to be a little bit selfish and a little bit sort of um, uh, you know self-absorbed, and then creating something which can actually feed the family.
1: So I love that. I love that. You know, there's a part of procrastination that I have a love affair with, and, and the <laughs> moment I throw a de- the moment I throw a deadline or an understanding of the consequence, I actually get on my bike and I go. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's quite interesting, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I um. I mean, we're all born with it. We all have our level of it, and it's, 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 it is an inside joke for many of us, right, the level of procrastination that goes on. But in saying that, in saying that the, and I was sharing this with my, uh, my eldest boy the other day, the quality of work that you can deliver if you get going in the first hour versus falling a, a victim or a believer of at the 11th hour is where I do my best work which yeah. is just uh, you know, it's, its a whole heap of shit, really, yeah. when you yeah. think about it, right? It's in the first hour. If you get going in the first hour and you're moving it, moving it forward, moving against your deadlines, moving against your, your deliverables, and, again, doing it in a healthy sort of way so you don't drive yourself nuts in a different way, right? Um, I, think, I think it's a phenomenal – it's a weapon. Procrastination is a weapon.
2: Well, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's, I mean, if we had more time, obviously we don't, but if it's tainted by fear, I mean, generally when I'm talking to people I talk about, we've got two mind states. We've got fear-based and non-fear-based. And that's it. And when we're talking about it from a, a fear-based mindset, procrastination can be a real problem. Uh, at the end of the day, it's, a, it's fear of moving forward. It's a fear of committing. It's a fear of finishing because it might be good enough. It's all these things. Um, that doesn't tend to happen to me much. It some, sometimes does, I'm human, but it's more about the possibility that I might, have, I might be able to create something a little bit different or if I spend just a bit more time, you know, uh, colouring in, it'll be more exotic or, you know, it's, it's the excitement about actually the creative process which tends to make me procrastinate rather than the fear of finishing the product. So that's one of the issues and that's why when I said two of the issues I've got are time and resources I really feel that I've worked very well when I've when I've got someone standing beside me, give me a clip over the ear, and say, "Yeah, keep going, keep going." So, so um, yes, if, if it's it's not fear-based, I have no issue with it. Uh, if it was fear-based, then I would be looking for you know um, ways of resolving that fear so I can move forward confidently. I love um, that, so. beautiful.
1: So really, clarity. Uh, as I say in the classics, clarity equals power. So the more the more clarity you have about where you're at and where you need to be or what you're doing and where it needs to be next. Procrastination can be a weapon because it ensures that you don't cut corners or or you're doing something at a substandard either. So, no, beautiful work. What makes you feel
2: inspired or like your best self? Uh, the state of flow, really. When I feel that state of flow, when I feel that seamless, easy, um, creative buzz when I feel, uh, I suppose, connected and um, I feel um, single focused. Uh, it's it's very exciting. I love that. I get it with others. I get it with myself. I get it with nature. I, when it happens, it's um, yeah, it's it's really invigorating. I enjoy that, and I look for it every day. I I don't I don't wait for it. But I look for it and I love it when it's there.
1: Love that. Um, if you could have a dinner party with just three people, dead or alive, uh, who would they be and why? Three. <clears throat> yeah. It's a tough question, man, I know. But uh, if you could have a dinner party with just three people. Yeah. These are the ones you choose. No judgement, mate.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not worried about the judgement. Um, well, I, I think... I think I would want my my father to be there. He's um he's gone, and I miss him dearly. Um, there are things about his leaving which um you know I wish I could uh, understand more. And I would like to be able to uh, cheat the whole process a little bit and ask him about uh, what's going on uh, the other side. I think um that would be terrific because uh, there's yeah that would be pretty cool to know what's going to happen in the future. That would change all the perspective. I think so. And apart from that, who else? What's a fun answer for that one? Um, I don't know. Gandhi and Bruce Lee. Who knows? Why Gandhi? Uh, Well, when I was younger, I spent a lot of time reading uh, about Gandhi. He had some issues himself personally, but um, he he had his finger on some quite interesting uh, collective consciousness um, and internal struggles with the whole thing. And so I really enjoyed uh, reading about him. Uh, and learning about him when I was young, and it was influential to me. So although now there's many other people that I've met that um, would fill that space as well, he was very influential when I was quite young. And Bruce Lee was a massive driver for me when I was quite young as well, um, full of ego and pomp and this and that. But uh, he also had his finger on something that was a bit bigger than than he could grasp. And uh, and although I not wanted to compare myself to him, I feel though we – we were t- tapping into a similar frequency. There was something going on there. So he would be interesting if I could um, have a, a meaningful conversation with him too. That would be fascinating. There you yeah. go. So your late father,
1: Gandhi and Bruce Lee.
2: Yes. Man, that, that uh,
1: that, 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 again, it's <laughs> interesting, isn't it? It's a really cool thing. If I could help you unwind three financial decisions in your life, how much more money would you have right now?
2: <laughs> Jeez. I would say, with a little bit of mentoring and knowing you as I do, uh, considerable, I would imagine, considerable. Yes. No, I've I've never really been, at very important times, I've never really been um, business focused where I should have been and, uh, yes, that would have been very sweet. So, yes, the answer, considerably.
1: Yeah, and, and 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 for all of us, mate, it's a, it's a very similar answer, but it's that reflective moment, and and um, what you just shared there, okay? never being business focused, no, and it's a past tense. Yes. And here we are; we're just about to design and launch what could yes. be a game changer, whether it's for a community or it's for the globe. Yes, um, to make it to make it. Um, and it might be just the starving kids in Africa that we just need to look after, or it could, oh, yes. be, our, it could be our seven children that we wish to um, provide more for.
2: It doesn't well, matter I mean, where. Exactly. No. But yeah, to have a commercial bent. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I recognise now that, uh, that I am a business. I recognise that the business of being myself is important. I recognise that my, the only power I'm ever going to have uh, from now until the end is, uh, is influence. And that influence, as I said before, is to be respected. It's a it's a, it's a pretty powerful thing. And, um, and I need to make sure that I'm working at my best and I'm as most productive as possible because uh, I want to scale this influence. Um, I've worked, as I said, for over 32 years in clinic and the ability to help people is absolutely real. And instead of helping hundreds now, I want to help hundreds of thousands before I get to the point where my energy is spent. So the business of creating that, is absolutely
1: important. And uh, w- w- once you do turn 2,500 weeks and a little bit more, you sort of start looking at things a little differently, although you shouldn't, <laughs> but you do.
2: <laughs> well, I suppose I don't tend to think about that, but, yes, I suppose. <laughs> I'm impressed that you makes... worked out the calculation, though.
1: Mate, I, I count in weeks, mate. <laughs> 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 On average, it's 4,264 we get in Australia. If you're a male... Uh-huh. If you're a female, you get about 152 more.
2: Well, there you go, buddy. So we we don't know what we've got. You don't know what you've got. I know that okay. I'm in good shape, but I have no idea what's lurking beneath the surface. And tomorrow, and, so
1: and and, and and you know, the average is the average for which I wish to uh, certainly challenge because I've got a, I've got a game that I want to play called dancing at my granddaughter's 21st mate so oh yeah she's not even born yet so oh, yeah. <laughs> i better hang around to 100 is what i'm thinking
2: <laughs> well, we better have a talk after this buddy you can do my finances and i'll do your uh your dancing routine
1: <laughs> hey what is the best advice you've ever been given and why
2: uh well okay so enjoy what i have and uh share it generously uh why Because that's the most important thing. That's the legacy. That's our footprint.
1: And what would Uh, what what would your fourth child say to you right now? What would your fourth child? I got no idea who the fourth is. About what? Just picking your fourth child, right? What would your if you had thirty minutes this afternoon and you shared with them that you are you just had a an opportunity to share with a uh, uh, a podcast. A great Australian story in the making podcast. Um, you shared a little bit about your life, a little bit about your business. Jud Murray from Cognizize. What would your fourth child say to you after you shared with them that you were asked to be a guest speaker on this podcast?
2: She'd probably give me a cuddle. Yeah, no, my fourth child, especially, is uh, is very um, uh, very affectionate. So she would, uh, yeah, she'd almost she'd start the conversation with a cuddle for sure. And uh, yeah, I'm sure she'd be she'd be happy and very intrigued. So she hears this all the time, though, so it's just like table talk for her, so.
1: I love that. Judd Murray, Cognizize, thank you so much. Great Australian story in the making.
2: Uh, it's been awesome. Thank you, buddy. All the best to you and, all, and everyone else listening.
0: For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au. Or call 039001 0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.